Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey, parents, Tim Wright here along with Dr. Michael Gurian. And we want to welcome you back to another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. Michael, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm hanging in. It's winter, yeah. winter in Spokane, a lot of snow, a lot of cold, but hanging in. Yeah. So we're recording this uh, right now. It's the week before Christmas. So it's kind of chilly in a lot of different places. And it's even chilly here in Phoenix. I went out for a bike ride yesterday. It was 33 degrees. Yeah, that's chilly. In Phoenix, wow. Yeah, that's, Phoenix. wow. Yeah, yeah, that's chilly. So uh, today we have a very special guest with us, and we're going to be talking about fathers. And uh, before I introduce our guest to you, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of the sponsors that make this show possible for you. Uh, as always, we say thanks to Dr. Greg Jantz from the Center of Place of Hope, 37 years of leadership experience in mental and behavioral health, one of the top 10 facilities for depression treatment. And their uh, whole purpose is to ins- uh, bring inspired health care for restoring balance to the body, mind, and spirit. You can learn more about them on wonderparenting.com. And as is apropos for our topic today, uh, a big shout out to our other sponsor, uh, Man Cave. Men all need to be caring, actively engaged, vested, and encouraged a program designed to engage fathers with an intentional focus on family outcomes and child development. And you can learn more about them as well at wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. So we have from time to time talked about the importance of dads. And sometimes it it seems like a no-brainer. But I think I mentioned this on a podcast some time ago. There was a book that came out a few years ago. uh, And the title was, Do Dads Really Matter? And the fact that you have to write a book to even ask that question tells you that we've got a crisis with dads in our country. And it was a really, really well done book. And we've got a guest with us today from National Fatherhood Initiative. Chris Brown is with us. And Chris, we are so glad to have you with us today to talk about dads. Uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself and then how you got involved with the National Fatherhood Initiative. Sure. Well, uh, first of all, thanks uh, to you, Tim, and to you, Michael, for inviting me on uh, this fantastic podcast. Uh, uh, Great, uh, great work that you guys are doing through the podcast to provide parents, uh, dads and moms and and caregivers of kids uh, with the information that they need to do the best job possible in raising their children. So 
uh, kudos to you for for that work. Thanks. Um, so Thank yeah, you. so my name is uh, uh, Chris Brown. Uh, I'm president of National Fatherhood Initiative. We are uh, an organization uh, that has been around since 1994, and I'll talk hopefully a little bit more about our organization and and how we support fathers and communities across the country. Um, I uh, live just outside of Austin, Texas, in a bedroom community called Cedar Park. Just uh, celebrated my 30th year of marriage to my wonderful wife, mm. Kayla. I've got uh, two daughters, uh, 27 and 24, and my older daughter just got married. So my wife and I are fingers crossed that we will have uh, grandchildren before mm. too long. So looking forward to that part of my fatherhood journey. So um, I'm an anthropologist by training, and uh, I uh, was working in the public health arena uh, mm. doing some work around uh, father involvement uh, here in Texas uh, when I learned about the work of National Fatherhood Initiative, uh, which had just uh, acquired a contract through the uh, state of Texas governor's office to um, implement a statewide fatherhood initiative. And uh, so uh, when they did that, they did a search uh, for a director uh, for that initiative, and I was fortunate enough to be hired uh, to do that. Uh, I uh, started with National Fatherhood Initiative back in way back in 2000, and eventually became president in 2013. So I, I got into this work certainly uh, from a professional standpoint. As an anthropologist, I was aware of uh, the cultural uh, issues and cultural factors that have led to uh, a rapid rise in father absence um, since the 1960s mm. um, and wanted to uh, do something about it from a professional standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint, I grew up uh, without an involved father. Uh, my dad was uh, uh, in our home uh, until I was a senior in high school, but he was not involved uh, emotionally or spiritually in the life of my younger brother or my, me. Uh, and um, uh, eventually my parents divorced when I was in high school. So on a personal level, I got into this work because I wanted to see as few children grow up with, uh, without, uh, an involved father, uh, as possible. So, um, or as many children growing up with an involved father as possible, yeah. I should say. So mm. both personal and professional reasons for yeah. uh, dedicating my, myself to this, uh, this important work. Well, it, it, it is such important work, and uh, we want to talk. It's probably going to be in some broad strokes today about the work that you're doing, but let's start with that whole issue of father absence. Tell us what that means, and let's talk a little bit about some of the impact that we have when dads aren't involved with their kids. Absolutely. Um, so what we mean by father absence is that when we refer to statistics, and I'll share some uh, national and possibly some state statistics with you shortly, um, we're talking about the physical absence of a biological step or an adoptive father. But when we're talking about father absence more holistically speaking, it's sort of my experience. Uh, not only did my father eventually leave the home physically, uh, but a lack of presence can be uh, seen in fathers who are with their children, living with their children, uh, but they are not as involved emotionally, spiritually, or intellectually as they should be in the lives of their children. So it's a very broad kind of definition that encompasses physical, emotional, spiritual, and intellectual presence. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Michael, before we dig deeper into that, you've talked many, many times on our podcast about how important bi-strategic parenting is. Uh, 
And um, let's just review quickly for our, our audience, and particularly for those who are maybe tuning in for the first time, some of the assets that dads bring that are important to buy strategic parenting. Uh, from a brain-based point of view, one of the things that dads do is help to close the the you know create the connections between the midbrain and the top of the brain, the frontal, and that impulse control. A lot of intellectual stuff happens in the top of the brain, of course, thinking words, um, but also impulse control, self-regulation, a lot of the, the good behavior. You know, a lot of the things that we would we would talk about in a culture as under those categories. Um, need to happen because the midbrain and the top of the brain get connected. And uh, we have only realized lately that um, that there's a brain base to this, that if dads are not involved in, in male role models, if dad is not there, if they're not involved, a lot of that growth doesn't happen. So like when Chris gives the statistics he's going to give about what happens, you know, when kids don't have fathers, some of what's happening is we're not getting that growth. We're not getting that kind of brain growth. So that's how elemental the father is. And of course, by strategic parenting is a concept about how moms tend to parent and how dads tend to parent. And so dads tend to build those connections between midbrain and top of the brain, which moms do too, right? You know, um, dads are doing it in, in a somewhat different way than moms are in general. Mm -hmm. And that's why we want both sets of strategies um, to do that work. We want the short bursts that dads generally do. And we want the long bursts of attachment that mom does. We want the more physical rough and tumble that dad does because that builds connections and builds the brain. And, and we want what mom does, you know, so by strategic is equal and both are doing a great job. But if you don't have one, then the child's more likely to, and I'll segue over to Chris and the statistics, right, Chris? Yeah. What are the statistics? Yeah, well, let's let's look, first of all, nationally, what we're talking about in terms of the uh, number of children who are growing up in a father-absent home, and then I'll share some of the, the data on, you know, what are the risks to children when yeah. they grow up uh, without a dad, and what are the benefits uh, to children when they grow up with a dad? So, <clears throat> According to the U.S. Census Bureau, uh, as of this year, 2022, 18.4 uh, million children in this country, that's one in four or 25% live without a biological step or adopted father. Now, that doesn't mean that every one of those child doesn't have a father involved in their lives. We know that many divorced dads who don't live with their children, uh, many dads who are never married to the mothers of their children or lived with their children are often involved. But just in terms of sheer number who are growing up without the physical presence of a father in the home, that's 25% of our nation's children. <clears throat> to make that abstract number a little more concrete, that's enough kids to populate New York City twice and Los mm. Angeles four times over. So think about that for a minute. Mm. If you had one location in the country that's size of Los Angeles, you could populate that four times with the number of children who grow up without a dad. Mm. And when we look at those statistics by state, we see that it's an issue everywhere. No state is immune from the crisis of father absence. Now, some are, as you might imagine, below the national average, and some are above it. So if we look at Washington, for example, where the Gurian Institute is located, 
This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, the good news there is it's just below the national average at 19%. But as in other states, the proportion of children in father absence homes varies greatly in urban and rural areas. But we see it in both urban and rural areas. So a lot of times when we talk about father absence initially, people automatically think, oh, it's an urban problem. Right. And, and while it is, it's also a rural problem. So let me give you a couple examples. Um, in terms of Spokane, uh, 31% of children in Spokane grow up in a father absent home compared to 18% in Seattle. Mm. So you might initially think that there are more kids in Seattle than Spokane, perhaps, particularly if you're not from Washington like I am. But you can see there's great variation in father absence uh, across that state. Now, if you look at a couple bordering states, Oregon and Montana, you see some variation as well. So in Oregon, we're looking at 21.5% statewide, 24% in Portland, and 21% in Salem. Mm-hmm. And in Montana, it's only 17% statewide, but you have 22% in Billings and only 9% in Missoula. So you see great variation. And just in terms of across the country, the highest rate of father absence is in Mississippi at 32.5%, and in Utah, it's the lowest at 13.5%. No, interesting. And what happens, uh, talk to us about the stats on what happens when kids, uh, you know, are raised without father involvement. Sure, and it's important, you know, when you hear this data to frame it from the perspective of risk. Children who grow up in father-absent homes are at higher risk of certain negative outcomes, and there are a number of them that I'll share. But that doesn't mean that every child who grows up without a dad is somehow doomed to experience these outcomes. There are many children who grow up raised by single moms, raised by grandparents, raised by caring others who grow up to be just fine. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about this from a population-based perspective, and that's really important to understand, it helps people kind of take in this information and go, okay, they're not talking about me and my situation, particularly if you're a single mom raising a child. What I'm about to say doesn't mean that you are not going to be able to raise a child who does not experience these outcomes. But from a population-based perspective, we see that um, when dads are not involved, that kids are at higher risk for a number of poor outcomes, such as a higher likelihood of living in poverty a higher likelihood of struggling in school, a higher likelihood of alcohol and substance abuse, 
a higher likelihood of committing crimes and winding up incarcerated, and even a higher risk of committing suicide. So when we look at a lot of the societal ills that we spend so much time addressing, many of them are correlated and even caused by, because there have been studies that have established a causal relationship between father absence and some of these negative outcomes, uh, we see children at much higher risk for those mm. things. Mm. That is, it, it's very, very interesting, isn't it? Um, that we we live in a culture that understands that dads are important, but but they they just aren't they're, they're not the talked about parent all the time. And right. when we remove dads or good masculine role models from the lives of our kids, it does put them at risk. But there's a there's another side to that, that when dads are involved in the lives of their kids, there are positive outcomes. Uh, so talk a little bit about that. I'm, you know, some of it's going to be well, just the opposite of what you said, but it's right. more than that. It goes deeper than that. So, what what does an involved dad bring to the table? Right, and and you're you're absolutely right, Tim. Uh, it's the basically the opposite of that. So you can kind of flip those things on their head, and you see, you know, lower risk of growing up in poverty, lower risk of behavioral problems in schools, lower risk of alcohol and substance abuse, lower risk of becoming pregnant as a teen or getting someone pregnant as a teen. But what we often don't talk about in terms of father involvement, and this is a really important part of the work that we do at National Fatherhood Initiative. So we talk about the benefits, not just for kids, but for moms, mm. for the other parent or primary caregiver. So for example, there's a lot of data that shows that when dads aren't involved in the lives of their children, that there's risk for moms. So moms are less likely to receive prenatal care. They're more likely to smoke or use alcohol or drugs during pregnancy. They're at higher risk of postpartum stress and depression. And as their children age, they're simply more stressed as a parent. They have less leisure time. And when mom and dad are married, but the marital satisfaction can be lower when dad's not as involved as he should be. Mm. But there are also benefits to communities. One of the most recent examples of studies around the importance of fathers has to do with, well, what do we see at a community level in communities where dads aren't involved? In fact, dads may not even be physically present as opposed to communities where dads are present and involved. So there are benefits to communities when we have involved fathers, such as lower poverty, overall lower crime, higher employment, higher quality housing, better health and educational systems. So it matters, not just in terms of the impact on children, on moms, but on communities, and thereby you start to see the impact of father involvement across our entire society. Mm. Now, Michael, I know there have been some some studies done on how dads can even impact the language development of their kids. Um, talk a bit about why that happens, how that happens, and and again, it's just another piece of the picture to say that that dads matter. Yeah, yeah, and and again, I want to we want to always reiterate. Um, Chris is saying it, you're saying it that that talking about dads you know, in, in no way takes away from what mom is doing and women right. are doing. And I we always have to reiterate that because 
sometimes, you know, there's there's some folks out there who if they talk about a certain subject like dads or men or something, then they're, you know, they're seen as belittling. Um, right. And and what it is, is it's it's uh, it's by strategic. That's what it's really about. It's equality and by strategic. So moms are teaching kids language, of course. And as you're referring to kids who also have the involved father, um, you know, they're going to acquire language skills and connections quicker and easier because now they have both mom and dad doing it. Right. And then there will be other caregivers. Um, and then the way the dad does it, because he does it a little differently, you know, in shorter bursts and connected to uh, spatials and kinesthetics, um, you know, words connected to things he's doing, like we talked about rough and tumble. Uh, those words get into the psyche, right. A little differently. And yeah. that kind of vocabulary development can happen a little differently. So we're, it's constant add on, to his brain development. And then the, since words are occurring in the top of the brain, we want to remember, right? Words are occurring in the, in the frontal. And, and um, so that's yet more help to get the connectivity and to get the frontal to be working and get the words working there um, and connecting words to imagination, connecting words to play and, and all of that. And you take the data away. So you just, don't have all those connections, you know, all the play connections, the kinesthetic connections, the spatial, uh, the rough and tumble, his tone of voice, all, all that's taken away. So we do, we don't tend to get as much, uh, you know, good language development. Some kids are going to develop language great no matter what, mm -hmm. but, but just statistically, like Chris is saying, statistically, we see this and, um, and the research is very rich on this. Yeah. Uh, in the book, uh, Do Dads Matter? One of the uh, pieces of research the author cited was that uh, dads tend to use a language a bit differently, as you're re referencing, than moms. Moms tend to use familiar words with the kids. Dads tend to use words not always familiar to the kids, so it expands their vocabulary. Uh, and there's also some research that the health of the dad matters more to the health of the children than the health of the mother. So it's very interesting, uh, all these biological brain and societal things happening in the lives of our children that say that dads really do matter. So Chris, in your work, uh, if you're sitting down with dads, what are some of the pieces of advice that you give to them to help them become more involved? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it's a very interesting question, Tim, because we don't serve dads directly. So we're not involved in sitting down with dads. Um, our business model, if you will, um, is we support and build a capacity of staff in direct service organizations, human oh. service organizations across the country 
that are the ones who are sitting down with dads on a day-to-day basis. And so we provide them with evidence-based and evidence-informed programming and resources. We train them on them, how to use them, how to implement them effectively with fathers. So in terms of how that gets translated in terms of what those staff are talking to dads about is our signature fatherhood program is called 24-7 Dad. It's an evidence-based program Mm. and it's the most widely used parenting program in the country designed specifically for dads. Wow. And what it focuses on are five cross-cultural characteristics or traits that mark good fathering. Okay. Those are self-awareness, caring for self, fathering skills, parenting skills, and relationship skills. So the entire program, which takes place over a period of anywhere from 12 to 24 weeks, is it builds those traits in dads and research shows that it then increases dad's involvement, increases their knowledge, attitudes, and skills around being a good dad, being a good parent, being a good parent, and being a good community citizen. And so that's basically how it gets translated. And then there are a number of things that dads learn. They learn about child development. They learn about healthy communication skills, how to communicate effectively with their children, how to communicate effectively with mom or the other parents. Uh, And they also learn uh, things such as um, how to care for themselves. So our programs, first of all, help to develop the man first and the father second. So as Mm. you might imagine, um, it's difficult to be a good dad if you're not a good man first. Mm. So Mm -hmm. we want to make sure we get the individual to be as healthy as he possibly can before we get him to be the best father and partner that he can be. So Chris, where would people find information about the work that you're doing? Sure. They can go to our website. It's www.fatherhood.org. So that's fatherhood.org. And they can learn everything that they would like to about National Fatherhood Initiative. We also have a store where people can learn more about the programs and other resources that we provide. And that's at fathersource.org. So fathersource, all one word, .org. So those two websites are where people can learn more about our work. So you were Johnny on the spot to pick up fatherhood.org. My goodness. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. good on good on whoever got that. That was yeah, it uh, it was a, a a good decision for sure. So Chris, let's let's personalize it a bit now. How do you parent or father differently than the way that you were fathered? Sure. Well, first of all, I'm highly involved and highly focused on my children. Even having adult kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I've learned in this stage of my fatherhood that my kids still need me and they still turn to me for advice and guidance. It's different than when they were 10 or five years old, certainly, uh, but they still do turn to me from time to time. So first of all, it's just a commitment to be as involved and responsible as I can be in their lives, but also partnering as a parent, this by strategic partnering that Michael is talking about. You know, the research is really clear that men and women typically tend to bring very different aspects, different skills to the parenting equation. That's why we see from a population-based perspective that children who are raised with their moms and their dads on average do better than children who don't have that benefit of being raised by both of their parents. Mm -hmm. And so we we have always have established 
a, a very much of a, of a partnership and taking a partnership approach to raising our kids. So lots of communication. I didn't see that in my home growing up. In fact, I didn't see my parents interacting a whole lot at all. Mm. Um, so, uh, and, and certainly uh, my, my dad uh, never really sat down and talked to me about much of anything. Mm. Um, so he took a very kind of hands-off approach uh, and uh, basically put the hands of, or put the raising of my brother and me completely in my mother's hands. Wow. Um, so as, as we kind of turn the corner now to wrap the show up, I want to ask both of you a question. What has been the best part of parenting and more specifically, the best part of being a dad for you? What do you enjoy most about being a dad? And uh, Michael, I'll start with you. Um, and, and the answer has probably changed over the years, right? As your daughters have grown, but what do you love about being a dad? What a great question, because, of course, I'm being hit with 50 things, but I need to distill it down. So, uh, yeah, so for folks who don't know, so I have two daughters, and they're now 32 and 29, and um, uh, both married, but no grandkids yet. Uh, What is the best thing about being a dad? You know, it's, um, I don't know that I can get it down to one thing, but maybe it's all aspects of one thing, which is the, the being with them and being involved with them and helping them to grow up and passing on, you know, passing on who I am and what I know into their souls, or you call it pouring, Tim, you've called it pouring your masculinity into them, right? Mm-hmm. It's a yep. great phrase you have. Um, the process of of being a man and, and being a husband and being a parent, a father altogether has, you know, obviously completely changed my life. And um, it continues to change my life because they're, as Chris says, the kids still come around. We're still talking to them. So I think at some deep level, it's probably a spiritual, um, Mm. it's probably spiritual, but it has, you know, these other aspects to it. And it is, and it's about all these relationships being intertwined and being able to uh, do whatever magic I have in those relationships and the kids and my wife and the world doing the magic back to me. You know, and if I weren't a father, I just wouldn't have that, Mm. um, that inner personality with these kids and this ability to cross pollinate each other and to help each other grow and help the world grow. So I know that's kind of abstract, but that's what hit me. (laughs) How about you, Chris? I'd say it's a, a couple of things, Tim. I think, first of all, it's seeing my kids grow up to be their own person. Mm. separate from me, separate from my wife, and pursuing their own interests. Uh, one of the things that, well, is another way that I was different. I am different as a parent, as a father, than the way I was raised by my father is really not trying to steer my kids in any particular path, uh, either personally or professionally, but trying to provide them with as many resources as possible to help them choose their own path. And they both chosen, I think, extremely well and chosen uh, to live their lives uh, personally and professionally in a way that's consistent with what they value uh, as people, as opposed to what I necessarily value. The other thing is, you know, they still tell me from time to time that there are things that I taught them or I said to them, maybe only one time that have really stuck with them. And the satisfaction that comes from knowing that I contributed in a meaningful way 
to who they are as people is very satisfying. It's kind of that spiritual aspect that uh, that Michael just referred to. And a lot of times when they share those things with me, I don't even remember them. It's so it's sometimes the little things yeah. that that I've done as a father that we all do as fathers that have the biggest impact. It's not those big things that we often think about. Yeah. Uh, so well said. And I think for, for all of us, we could probably go on and on about these things. And I, as you guys were talking, I was like, Michael, I had a lot of things in my brain. You know, I could picture moments of my kids growing up. Both of my kids are uh, in their forties now. And um, uh, I think what still moves me is to hear my adult son or my adult daughter call me dad. And and just what that means, how it reverberates in my soul. Uh, these are adults, right? And our relationship is certainly different when they were dependent children. But to still hear them call me dad and Chris, as you'll experience someday, you too, Michael, then to hear little kids call you grandpa, uh, it's even better. But we'll just keep that secret to ourselves. But there's something magical <laughs> about being dads and, and being involved. And uh, Chris, the work you're doing is so very, very important. So tell us again the two websites people can go to to learn more about the work you're doing. Sure. Our primary re- website is fatherhood.org, fatherhood.org. And our store, where they can learn about our programs and other resources, share these with organizations in your communities that, that work with dads and want to work with dads, is fathersource.org. Well, I'm looking that one up. That one is, is on the top of my list for uh, getting my dads together at our church and, and going through that together. Sounds fantastic. Mm. Chris, you have you have been delightful. We've been honored to have you with us today. And uh, thanks so much for being a part. Michael, as always, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. And thank you, Chris. It's thank just you, great to know you. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you both. And thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you next time for another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.